If you're here today and Christmas was yesterday, it means that you're serious about your faith. And so I, I really want to just encourage all of you who are here right now, all the work that goes into trying to raise your families to follow Jesus, it's so hard and there's so many obstacles and it can be so discouraging at times in the world today to be a holy family, to try to raise our, our families as holy. And so thank you on behalf of Jesus, and I sincerely mean that, for all the work that you, that you do in, in raising your families this way, or, or if you've done that in the past or your kids have already moved out. Thank you for raising your children to follow Jesus and for trying to make Jesus the center of your families. It is very difficult Nowadays, as I said, and there's a lot of obstacles for growing and being a holy family. I think some of these, some of these reasons are implicit. Some of them are very explicit um, with regards to these obstacles towards the family. You know, I think if you were to put yourself in the mindset of the enemy of our human nature, of Satan, and you were trying to think, you know, how could I frustrate God's plan the most? And God, of course, allows Satan, you know, he allows him a certain amount of room, and that's part of the mystery of, of the spiritual life of creation. Satan's allowed to act. And if you were gonna if you're gonna try to put yourself in the mindset of Satan, the two things I think you would try to undermine to frustrate God's plan would be the authority of the church first and foremost. And of course, we see, you know, in, in the early 2000s, we see th this massive sex abuse scandal came out in the Catholic Church. It's horrible, horrible scandal, which of course cut down the authority of the priesthood, the bishops. And so you see this attack and this undermining, right, of the bishops and the priesthood, this kind of infiltration, as it were, of evil, really terrible evil in the church. And so, by going after the authorities in the church, really, you undermine the authority of the church by taking out the leaders. Strike the shepherds. The second thing you would probably do if you were Satan and you were trying to undermine God's plan would be to cut down the family and to attack the family. And of course, we have seen this so explicitly, again, and implicitly, over the course of the past 50 years, more or less. Especially, I would say, since the sexual revolution and just kind of the cultural revolution of the 1960s. I was looking back at uh, a couple a couple years ago, or maybe it was last year, is just kind of all the all of the various controversies that broke out in our society. And I was looking at the Black Lives Matter, the official group, so not the movement uh, itself, but the 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 group it's that that is Black Lives Matter officially. And I was reading, and I remember just being stunned when I read their What We Believe part of their website at the time, and I think they've since removed this, but 
what they said in that was one of the things of, of what we believe was we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure. We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure. Okay, and so it's like we're at this place right now in 2021 where it's not even hidden. You can be a mainstream group that is explicitly trying to undermine the family, the traditional family. What's meant by that statement is, is kind of this tearing down of the idea of mother, father, children. And so there really is an attack on the family. And I think for a lot of families, it can feel like for mom and dad, you're just trying to hold on and you have this giant tsunami and it's just, it's just coming at you. You're trying to hold on to your children, right? As the tsunami's coming. And just make sure that they, that they stay solid and firmly rooted. There's all these obstacles. And I don't need to name all the obstacles today, but there are so many obstacles that undercut the family. I'd like to give just a few, a few things that might be helpful, very basic things, and a few encouragements as well with regards to how to just stay holy as a family. And the very basic stuff. First thing I'd like to say is what the famous priest from the, the middle of the 20th century used to say. He had a famous slogan, Father Patrick Payton. Um, and I want you to continue this sentence if you know how to finish it. The family that prays together. Exactly. The family that prays. And so that, that's amazing that here we are in 2021 and that we still know that famous slogan, which was popular over 50 years ago, that he was promoting. Father Peyton used to promote the rosary and praying together as a family. And that's the thing. We all want this. We all want to stay together as a family. We want to be close. It's so hard to have the unity that we desire as a family. And it's, I think, the absolute most powerful thing that we could possibly do to keep our families together, to allow for our families to flourish as human beings, is to pray together. The reason that is, is because Prayer is the way that we access Jesus. And Jesus is the only one strong enough to hold everything together. We can't do it ourselves. We're not strong enough. Jesus is the strongest force in existence. And so to put Jesus at the center of our lives and our families' lives means that there will be a bonding and kind of like a cementing where Jesus holds everything together. And prayer doesn't have to be complicated. Being here right now, of course, and we forget this because we just get into the regular mindset of ordinariness and ordinary life, but being at the Mass is the best thing that we can possibly do for our families and ourselves. There's nothing more beneficial 
period, in life than to be at Mass. To be at Mass, to receive God's Word, to receive the Eucharist, so we're receiving Jesus, and if we are in Jesus, then we're automatically connected to other people who are in Jesus. Of course, this includes our family. I remember the, the, the fact of when I went to the seminary, I didn't have devout Catholic friends growing up. And so the first time I really experienced that was in the seminary. And I remember just being blown away by how close I felt immediately when I entered the seminary to some of my brother seminarians at the time. It was like an immediate bonding. And that shouldn't really be surprising because we, we were both already, before we had met each other, living in Christ. And so Christ dwelt within us. We were a part of Christ's body. So it made sense that it did not take long to really grow close and get to know one another and feel this closeness. It's the same thing in the family. If Jesus is at the center, he will hold everything together. We access Jesus through the sacraments by staying in a state of grace. Very fundamental, very basic stuff. Also by praying together as a family, as a married couple and as a family, we really have to pray together. Prayer does not have to be complicated. It does not have to be overly long. But just to do it is very important. One thing I notice when I do marriage prep with couples is, is that they would actually like to pray together. They've just never been taught how to. And they don't really necessarily know, know what to do and to come together and what this looks like. There's the desire. They want to be close with each other and they both have a spirituality, at least to a certain extent, even those who don't really regularly practice. But, but they just don't know how. This is very simple. All we have to do is just five minutes, thank God together, we both go, we both ask God for a few things, and I'm within our Father. Pretty simple. We could pray the rosary together as a family, which I think is very powerful and leaves a massive impact. We could read the scriptures, we could go to adoration just in silence. There's so many different things that we could do doesn't matter what we do. What matters is that we do do it. That will keep us together because Jesus is the one who will keep us together. Another really helpful thing for sanctifying the home, I think, is one thing that I remember from my, my life growing up is uh, my, my parents had these holy images throughout our house. It's kind of like a remnant of an ancient Irish uh, kind of growing up where you have little sacred images all over the house. And so it was just normal for me in our house. We had a sacred heart of Jesus image here, an immaculate heart of Mary image there, a little statue of, you know, Mary or whatever the case may be. All these just kind of these different things that were just sanctifying for the home. And it allows for kind of an ordinary sanctifying element in the day-to-day. One thing I notice nowadays, and this is not in judgment whatsoever um, upon, upon anyone, but I, I don't think that's as common anymore. We don't, we don't have these holy images in our home. And 
along with having holy images in our home, you know, it's important that we just freely talk about Jesus and talk about God just in an easy way that is just normal and not hold everything in. But to just talk about Jesus, to talk about, you know, what do you think, what do you think Jesus thinks about this particular thing that's going on in your life, you know, at the dinner table? And, you know, those kind of conversations may at, at first be a little, little bit on the awkward side, it's possible, but they'll soon become normalized. It's the same thing when couples start to pray together in marriage prep. They find it to be incredibly beneficial and bonding, but awkward a little bit in the beginning. The last note that I would like to make on this feast day is uh, just a note of encouragement that, you know, we can only do so much. We really can only do so much, parents. Because here's the thing. You can follow the basics, and you could really be the best parents that ever existed and raise your kids absolutely perfectly. And they could still, because of the mystery of our humanity, because we as human beings have free will and intellect, they could still walk away from relationship and their own human flourishment, and they could still walk away from God. And so we should know if we have certain things that are under our control as human beings, most things are not under our control, right? A lot of the things in the world. But we do have a sphere of responsibility, things that we can do. We can follow the basics. We can lead our kids to the best of our ability to know God, to follow God, to see God as the ultimate in their lives and family as second. We can do those things. And then we just let go. Not be anxious. Because you know what? God our Father is their father too. And really, he loves our children more than we are even capable of loving our children. And God the Father will pursue them the rest of their lives as he will pursue us, as he does pursue us. And he will not stop. And so, we do what we can and we let go and we let God. Jesus, we thank you for the gift of the Feast of the Holy Family. Thank you for modeling the Holy Family, with Mary and Joseph, and how you were obedient to them, and, and teaching them and them teaching you. Any obstacle in our family right now, our relationships, any obstacles in our marriages, I ask you to prepare a way for, to just remove those obstacles, allow for healing, allow for us to grow together in communion with each other and communion with you. Through your holy name, Lord Jesus, amen. And let us take a few moments in silent prayer to just listen to and speak with the Lord in our own hearts. <laughs>